Ladies and gentlemen, now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. This is the Hype Reality Podcast. Listen. Hype-reality.com. Listen. Hey, welcome to the latest edition of the Hype Reality Podcast. My name is Emilio, a.k.a. Triple D, a.k.a. the Dominican Derek Diggle, along with co-host. E-Frame. Fucking happy turkey day. Yeah, post, Post-Thanksgiving. Yeah, sorry about missing you guys last week. Uh, we had some technical errors, and uh, that's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you had a good uh, turkey day. Uh, How did you end up spending this uh, this holiday? It seems like a, a rush holiday. I never really noticed it, how much people are kind of overlook Thanksgiving, because once it's kind of time hits uh the year people just want to jump to christmas like you already hear christmas songs even before thanksgiving you hear christmas songs there's christmas lights people are putting up christmas no, trees it's literally like now it's not even a joke anymore before there used to be like a courtesy because black friday obviously is like the first day of christmas more or less mm-hmm. and like black friday used to happen like at midnight or something if i was like if i remember right when i was like in high school and college or like i was aware of black friday like it mattered to me mm-hmm. it's like yeah like at midnight on Friday, whatever the case it is, I'm going to open the malls or open this and blah, 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 and you got all these doorbusters and all this shit, so you can save some money and have some cool shit for whoever you're buying presents for. Mm-hmm. And like now, like here in New York at least, it's like, dude, they have Macy's open at 4 p.m., and that shit just stayed open. I was like, damn, do you guys have no decency, man? You can't let these Wait, motherfuckers... 4 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day? On Thanksgiving Day. Oh, like, you guys have no decency? Let these motherfuckers spend time with their family. Like, I, I, I get it, man. Pff, hustling never sleeps kind of shit, but damn, like... Target, Best Buy, a couple of those places opened up like at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 8 p.m. Mm. on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, I've been there, done that. I know McDonald's, they, they don't give a fuck. I, I definitely worked on Thanksgiving uh, during McDonald's. That pissed me off. The McDonald's in my neighborhood closed at 3. I had never seen that <laughs> shit before. Like, what? Did you guys make that decision on your own? Does Ronald know about this shit? <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's usually like my go-to. Like, if I had to grab something to eat on Thanksgiving or Christmas, like, sorry, you poor suckers. Like, somebody's making me a biscuit. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. well, Christmas in New York is like what is like the Chinese spots, right? Those, those yeah, they open, call yeah. it like a Jewish Christmas right, or some right, bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Chinese food and theaters or some crap like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, they skip right too. Like, literally, the idea of Black Friday is like pretty much getting you ready for Christmas. Like, it's literally the day after. Mm. Yeah, it's usually my of the two. I still excluding any kind of religious connotations at Christmas to have. I think it's my favorite because I just have to show up and eat food, and not do much. <laughs> most of my most of my family comes down for Thanksgiving versus Christmas, where it's a little more isolated. But I don't know. I just tend to enjoy Thanksgiving more, so I hate that it doesn't get its due. It doesn't get its moment anymore. It's just so rushed now. It sucks. Yeah, it's a dinner. Yeah. It's like dinner with a lot of people. And it was like, I went to Autumn Mines in Washington Heights, which kind of sucked because it's like, I have a lot of family up here. Like, my mom's like one of like mad kids. She has like 13 siblings. So she's the youngest. So all their kids got kids, and all them kids got kids. It's like, it's like a, they got their own like family tree already. Mm-hmm. So, like, for the ones that still live up here in New York, like, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, where do I fit into this bitch? Like, um, are you guys all going to come together, like meet up at this person's house? Like one of my cousins is a really big place in Jersey. It's mm-hmm. like, oh no, fuck them. Um, we're going to do our shit here. And like with my kids and like their kids. And I'm like, oh, okay, weird. This, oh fuck. And so it became like a bidding war on who I was going to go and see. And then one of my aunts is like, oh, uh, this chick's, uh, husband is going to bring food and like, blah, blah, blah. They're going to have it almost catered. And I was like, what? Nah, I ain't going to that shit. I want my aunts to throw down. And so I went to Washington Heights where my aunt did cook. And it wasn't even like Thanksgiving. Like maybe some Spanish shit. I'm not sure. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> like, um, yeah, It definitely like, wasn't some white people shit. Like we had like egg salad. No, like potato salad, rice and beans, avocados, yeah. ribs, all kinds of random shit. It was like a dinner, like a, like a barbecue almost. And then it had a really bad turkey. That's what I feel like most Thanksgiving's at like, uh, minorities' houses like with little twists, like Thanksgiving with a little flavor, depending on what you are. Like, we usually have the same kind of staple shit, but then there'll be like, you know, like curry goat or, or something like, or rice and peas. So you have a little Caribbean flavor to this uh, traditionally, ho- just traditional holiday. Um, my Thanksgiving was a little more interesting than usual for me because I had my little guess who's coming to dinner moment with my girlfriend who's never met like that immediate side of my family before. So I brought my white girlfriend to this uh, Thanksgiving. My you brought it to the natives? Basically, <laughs> uh, which I didn't really have any. I didn't. I definitely didn't over. Obviously, for me, it's not that big a deal uh, compared to her. She was couldn't stop talking about it and like how nervous she was and whatever. 
I'm like, ah, it doesn't really matter at this point to me. Like, we've been kind of dating for a while. It wasn't like, um, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't anything that was gonna, she was going to do or they were going to do that was going to surprise me or that they're that they could do or she could say to like make me like, oh shit, like maybe think other of this chick. I kind of already know how shit is and how shit's going. But obviously, it does help to have your family like kind of on board with where things are going, especially how things kind of progress and like. I think also like I think it's more impactful in like mixed relationships, like mixed race relationships versus like just traditional. I'm not even sure that's a term anymore. Mm. Non mixed race relationships, <laughs> you get me? Interracial. That, I don't know. Whatever. Like uh, to have that kind of acceptance from mm-hmm. the other family kind of shit. So like. Since you met her and like you got like her family and stuff kind of stays in this like northern corridor mm-hmm. kind of bullshit. So like you've had opportunities and to build on and whatever with her family. Right. Like for her to voyage down south <laughs> with the villagers. Like right. that's like that was a bigger ask. And then there's all this like all this time has gone by and she just wants that like definitive stamp, like, all right, cool. I met your mom. She likes me the way I am and mm-hmm. this and that kind of shit. Like I see I see the impact of it or whatnot. And it's just right. like me dating up here, like me seeing chick and like it's just different. Like she keeps telling me she wants to meet my parents, blah blah blah. And like which would make sense. Like if I've been dating a chick for we're going on like almost nine months or some bullshit. Like mm-hmm. if I was dating someone like that when I was living in Orlando, like they would have done met my mom already. Right. You get me? But it's like that's not the case here. Like we gotta like this is a deal now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is a big this is a trip that we got to plan out and make sure everything kind of lines up and shit. Exactly. But it means a lot to her. Like she really wants to be my mom and meet my brothers and this and that, whatever. And it's not exactly like I met her mom like shit months ago. I met, yeah. her, I met her mom a couple times. Like, they can't go down right down the street or some shit. Exactly. Yeah. It was funny just to kind of watch the interactions. Cause obviously knowing both sides of this, uh, interaction, I can kind of see the, I was, no one was not necessarily being fake, but everyone's on their best behavior. And there's a lot of these, like, again, like, the, the, the native thing is funny because there was, like, these moments, like, oh, this is how we do things here. <laughs> like, we, this is what we eat. And I was like, oh, it's like kind of weird cultural exchange. Um, but, oh, oh no, it went well. I told her I won't really know how well it went until after we leave. <laughs> like, when I talked to, talk to, exactly. to my mom on Monday. Exactly. When I talked to my mom on Monday, I'll get, like, the real lowdown. But in terms of, like, how shit went, I think it was, I think it was fine. Um, it, would, it did get kind of annoying because the fact that, she is meeting all these new people for the first time, and I have to be there and have, basically have someone like be my shadow, walking me, walking around everywhere I go. I walk to the bathroom. It's like, where are you going? Are you going? Do I have to go with you? I'm like, no, just sit your ass here. Like, well, I'll be right back. And then, don't like, worry, they won't bite you. <laughs> and I have to hear the same fucking stories over and over, man. It's just fucking annoying. Like, it's like this, like it's like non, uh, never ending job interview. Everyone has the same jokes and the same like punchlines, whatever, and just the same useless information I've heard a million times. Like my one of the big things got on my nerves. Like my girlfriend doesn't know how to drive. Like she's from Pennsylvania, but she's lived in New York for the last like nine years. So not only does she not learn how to drive, she's been living in a place where she doesn't really need to. So the, the emphasis isn't on it. And every somehow it just came up every time you meet someone. Like oh, I don't know how to drive. You don't know how to drive. That's crazy. And I was like oh god, just like kill me now. Um, it's okay. I don't know how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, we're all island people. We all know how to swim. <laughs> swim quite well. Um, oh, shit, what's but next? Yeah. You can't read. <laughs> but yeah, I guess like I guess like it was it was it was kind of a it was kind of trippy because like you said before, it's like you know we're not growing up in the same place. So having her there and this element it was uh, it felt like it felt like a mind fuck because like I'm like I've been living in the same my grandparents house they've basically been living there ever since we moved down there from new york so like my childhood and everything that's like near and dear to me hasn't really changed it's like it's pretty much been right there yeah so like she gets to kind of see the neighborhood You're I kind of in. like fusing the two worlds like you yeah, have like your exactly. current more future progressive world mm-hmm. meeting your old like conservative traditional yeah, like exactly. not nothing's changing <laughs> like you're literally taking a trip down memory lane kind of crap so yeah. you're bringing her to that world which has always been a divide there's mm-hmm. like there's that shit that you go to by yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> usually you get me right and then because she hasn't been with you ever before right this is the first time she's been down first there right? time, yeah. so it's like i go back i go down there i do my thing i say hi to everybody everybody knows me there's no <laughs> hi and bye as there's like hey man how's the kids doing mm-hmm. and then boop later and i go back up north and it's like you know i have my i have her and her friends and da, 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 and my friends that know her and then i have my friends that don't know her <laughs> and yeah, like yeah. that's just the way it is and they just know her through like you know word of mouth and shit mm-hmm. so that was like kind of a mind fuck but i'm, I'm sure she learned 
you know, little tidbits about me or maybe, oh, this why this makes sense or whatever. And like, I guess watching her, you know, swim in the, the deep water, I guess to like watch her and see her reactions, see her reflexes. And I learned a little things here and there. And one thing I did learn is that this chick can work into any conversation. The fact that she spent a summer in Ghana, I don't care what the fuck we talking about. Could be talking about like Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott or some shit. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, that's interesting. I, I understand. I spent a, a summer in Ghana one time and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God. Like, that and the driving thing came out the most. But I think the Ghana thing, I was more like kind of worried about because I know what she's kind of, what she's trying to convey when she says that. But I also know how like, Maybe my family or just black people in general, you say some random shit like that to somebody, like, oh, you think you understand me now because you was an Africa bitch? Like, <laughs> it's like, what kind of like stupid shit is that to say? It's like, oh, you know, I don't understand. Uh, don't worry about this. I, I spent a summer in Ireland. I got I, I understand these white people really well. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. that was just funny. I, I know the whites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of it's a, little, it's a bit odd to me. Like, mm. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying a lot. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of odd to me. Like, why? Mm, no, like anything to her. Cause like, I know it's like, it's, it's all good intentions kind of shit, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, sometimes there's, there's no need for you to soften it, like soften things over kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get it. That's it. That's all you gotta <laughs> do. Like, and if they ask you a question and you answer it, you got it. Like that's, that's basically it. Sometimes like, I think it's, you, sometimes I feel like people have to like overly sell something mm-hmm. kind of shit. And that's one of those situations. And I, I also feel like that's one of those things that kind of happen. Maybe we just like white folk period or whatever. They're always trying to like prove that they're down or like yeah. they get shit or whatever. Find some like, common ground or some shit. Usually like we talked about before in this podcast is usually hip hop. Usually I meet some white person who I don't know, whatever. And like, they're trying to communicate to me or find some like bonding periods. Like they ask me about some hip hop or some shit, which is, you know, I guess it, Lucky for them because I do like hip hop and I do like this shit, so I can't like easy segue. Yeah, but like maybe that was just again like her, her reflex. It's like like when we talk about like what boxers or fighters or whatever. Like when they're kind of in the corner and they they just like even whatever training you put on top of it, they're gonna revert back to their like what they know and like revert back to their fighting style. Like uh, when like push comes She's to like show. just going back to Ghana. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like that's like her safety. That's like her defense. <laughs> like puts her back whatever uh, back against the wall. But I could definitely see that backfiring. Like, yeah, exactly. wait, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Oh, man. Nah, that's not good. <laughs> um, whatever. If she made it through or whatnot, and yeah, you're not going to know. Like, because I know my mom will PC that shit up or whatever mm-hmm. as long as they're there. But the minute we leave and everything's cool, the, the dust is settled kind of shit, she's going to be like, man, who is that bitch or some <laughs> shit? Exactly. So it's going to, it'll come out eventually. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the more time you guys kind of spend or whatever, probably bits and pieces of it, if she doesn't like her or she feels some type of way about a particular thing about her, it will eventually kind of like come out, usually in a joke or right. some shit like that. It's like, man, you're so crazy. Let me guess, you went to Ghana again. <laughs> <laughs> So who knows? Yeah, that's that's kind of the time will tell kind of shit. But again, like the only cool thing about the the separation kind of shit, like, you know, having like home being back there and like us living and working up here kind of shit is like if your mom doesn't like the girl or like what if some people don't like the girl or whatever, it's like, that's cool. You don't got to see him once a year. We're mm. good. That's <laughs> exactly. great. Like eventually you'll grow to like her or you won't. You got 364 more days to figure that shit out. Like mm-hmm. that's uh, that's easy shit. Yeah, I'd rather them like, if they don't like her, which I don't think that's the thing is the case, but if they don't, I'd rather them, like, tell me now than, like, be those situations where, you know, um, you know, God forbid or whatever, we break up or some shit, and then I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad you broke up with that girl. I hated that bitch. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, why didn't you tell me all that shit before? <laughs> like, I, like, a lot of times, usually it's usually friends that do the kind of stuff, because a lot of times your friends will kind of bite their tongues, especially if they know you're, like, head over heels over somebody, or they don't want to, like, you know, uh, fucking piss you off or some shit, whatever, but... That's so that always used to annoy me. I rather just know right ahead. And usually, yeah. my, my friends and family are pretty upfront about those kind of things because, yeah, it is what it is. I remember one of my aunts, like, that was really funny. One of my aunts, like, the last chick I dated, I dated her for a while. And the minute she found out that I didn't have a girlfriend anymore, she's like, oh. And she said it in Spanish, she's like, man, that bitch was ugly. I was like, thanks, Thea. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, you were funny. nice as fuck to her every time she was around here. <laughs> Good uh, holiday break, and I guess the holidays are still going to fucking continue. We still got, like, what, two, three weeks till Christmas? Four weeks? Yeah, it's right on the corner. Shit. Coming on up. Um, another thing that kind of happened during the time we were away, 
Uh, was Kanye's little fucking mental breakdown bullshit? Ye was reportedly taken to UCLA Medical Center on Monday after someone at the home of his trainer, Harley Pasternak, called authorities because the rapper was acting erratically. West was taken to the hospital while chained to the gurney, standard protocol for such incidences. He had previously cut two shows short, including his sixth performance in Los Angeles due to vocal issues. Yeah, this thing is, I, don't know, I go back and forth with it because... We look at like I didn't look at it in in conjunction with all his other antics, and if he really was going crazy this whole time, I feel kind of bad laughing at him or making all these little jokes. I feel like people in general should probably take a step back and look at all these clear warning signs. I feel like this one is kind of hit the fan because he had this tour and and the stakes are affecting other people. But when he was going around these radio shows and saying all this stupid shit or going to these like random. Uh, Streams of consciousness or already caused at his concerts. No one would give a fuck. But once he decided to cancel his tour and, and people's money were getting fucked up and people were actually going to see the concert they wanted to see, everyone's like, man, what's wrong with Kanye? <laughs> um, but it's, he's, he's coming a long way. It's, uh, back to, that, to Thanksgiving shit, I went back home. I looked. I usually go back and look at all my like uh, old uh, shit I got tucked away in my room from like when I was in high school and shit. And I used to... I used to love Kanye, like like like, like the song says. I have all these old, like magazine covers of him on it, um, from like on the Source and like Double XL. The pages stick together. No. Jack off the shit. Fucking weirdo, whatever. Um, but yeah, and I was I was just kind of flipping through that shit. And I was like, damn man, this guy's come a long fucking way, man. Like, uh, I don't know. The more the kind of shit unfolds, the more I think about this Kardashian curse that people keep talking about. And I think there's. There's got to be some truth to it. Like, well, I don't know what the fuck's going on in that household, but people are just not. You cannot leave there unscathed if you're a male. It just, just not seem so. Yeah, like, man, it doesn't doesn't work out for the doos, and that <laughs> the, the doos get fucked in that area. Like, even even Rob, whose blood is like, damn, that motherfucker's fucked too. Like, <laughs> he's all emotional and fat now and shit. And like, you got like Bruce is now Caitlyn. That's different. And like fucking Chris Humphreys, good poor guy. Reggie, even Reggie Bush, man, he. he he got some, took some blows from that shit too, man. He was he was on his way, and then all dude, of a sudden, dude, that guy was the fucking shit back in <laughs> that time, and now that guy ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you, you name, knock him up, line him down, <laughs> line, line him up, we'll knock him down, kind of bullshit. Like Ray mm-hmm. J was popping when she was fucking him, like not mm-hmm. no more. Um, he's popping for all the wrong reasons, I guess, or like oh, he's on some fucking reality show now, some bullshit. Yeah, uh, you have Tyga, who's like he's still fucking that little girl, but like. He is having one fiscal issue after another. Like, you got people serving him on his birthday and shit. Like, that guy is, mm. yeah, that bitch testifying at court, like, how he spends money on her and shit. It's like, wait, what? He's paying for your shit? Like, where the fuck does that line up? Call me old-fashioned, but, like, if he's over here, like, you know he has legal issues. That shit's all over TMZ and shit. Like, you're going to have him buy you crap? Like, <laughs> that's fucked up. Whatever that bitch has made a million dollars off of getting her lips implants, so you got, like getting lip implants or whatever the fuck it was, like that shit's crazy to me or whatever. And like now you got Kanye, who seen the one that was able to just defy the odds, kind of shit, like walk on fire and you know fucking make the water turn normal again and shit. And it's like over oh, there having kids with this lady and like <laughs> now married her, all kinds of shit, treated her like a woman. <laughs> like now it's like he just can't keep it together. My only sympathy. In it, and like I, I kind of want to like say this now. I'm not sure how long we're gonna hold it by, but like I don't ever want to mention Kanye West or Trump in this podcast ever again. Because like I feel like those two oh, characters, yeah. <laughs> especially for like the last quarter of 2016, that we spent too much time talking about. But like in this situation, I kind of ha- I sympathize with him because I feel like a lot of this comes from like him being on tour so much this year, and then like having what happened to Kim happen, where like her being like fucking hogtied and all that shit in that fucking Paris apartment and shit. Right. Like that robbery that couldn't like go over well for anybody and like i i i feel like this guy has a lot a lot a lot of like he loves this girl for real for real not like some like oh god this bitch again kind of shit like i i feel like he's dead in love with this lady mm-hmm. and to have the mother of your kids have that kind of thing happen to them and you weren't able to do shit about it kind of shit right. has to fuck with you on some level and then what kind of made me feel weird was like maybe that's what he used to do whenever he had problems he just go on tour and that'd be kind of like his like that would be his antidote kind of shit, but like maybe that wasn't the antidote this time or whatever. Because chick ain't acting right now or whatever. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been out of li- she's been out of the limelight since the accident happened, and he just like started like slow rolling, like breaking down more and more every show after that happened. Yeah, yeah so. I think it's gotta be hard too, just like in general. But even in Kanye's case, like obviously he's had other 
you know, flings or girlfriends um, prior, but no one he's ever dated has had just as high or higher of a profile than him. Like, like after the robbery, we don't people don't see as much as Kim Kardashian like on her social media. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. Like nothing, nothing else has really changed. Like she, she's still a big like figurehead. Like the lifestyle is still there. She's still a big target. Like that shit could happen. Uh, you know, again, if everyone, people want to get you, they're gonna get you kind of thing. That kind of proves it. Like some people them with have you know fuck you money and can hire security and do all these things. But at the end of the day, you're still a target. And if you're still move, moving with people that post their whereabouts every day or like have to flaunt their wealth or their their job is to show how much being how much fun being famous is, then that worry is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess he like, I thought the thing that kind of, I was laughing at first and I felt like, oh, this is the beginning of the end kind of shit was like that bit um, where he like only did like a couple songs. He's only there for like a half an hour. Get ready to have a field day press. Get ready. Get ready. Because the show is over. was gold he's like try this and he's like walked off stage <laughs> like it's like 30 minutes bitch if i came to a concert i got 30 minutes of music i'd be pissed like mm. yeah and so that's what kind of like that had a rippling effect and that's kind of was like the beginning of the end because i guess his next show people were getting refunds already so it was like he just decided to bring himself into rehab yeah i never would have thought that or a hospital he didn't he didn't go to rehab. He just went to the hospital. Like for, he checked himself in for exhaustion or something. Like yeah, that. and he also he checked in under the name Jim Jones. Really? Oh, yeah, you didn't read that. That's fucking hilarious. Nah. <laughs> yeah, some of that I didn't try to read up on it too much. Some of it got kind of it's hard to tell what was true, what was like hearsay. Supposedly, yeah, like they left have the transcripts of the the nine one one call where he was just like his doctor basically called and said how like he he might hurt somebody essentially like he's going that like erratic and that sort of shit, but. It's weird. I, I never would have thought in all the years I've followed Kanye in his career um, that his good music label would now be this kind of, uh, I don't know, this springboard to talk about mental health or like, because he had like Kid Cudi, who not, not on good music anymore, but they're going to kind of go hand in hand, who had his stint in rehab for depression and suicidal things. And, yeah. now, and now he's kind of in that same kind of boat. Like he's, he's like this emo rap shit is starting to catch up to people. Um, and Lupe Fiasco's not all the way there either. Yeah, that guy is. Yeah. So talented, but fucking crazy as shit. <laughs> yeah, so who knows, man? Uh, I hope I hope everything works out. Like I don't know, maybe maybe that's like maybe it's time for like a lifestyle change kind of shit. This is all fun. Like uh, this is my slogan for 2016. It's all cool until it isn't. Like <laughs> I live by that statement now. Like it, it was probably cool for a long time, but like at some capacity, somebody eventually is gonna there's there's gonna be something that knocks you back into reality. Like, he's been living in some dream world for a while now, kind of shit. Like, right. no matter what he says, no matter what he does, everybody's just like, ah, Kanye, you so crazy. And, like, that's kind of <laughs> it. You get me? No matter what he says. Motherfucker says he's running for president at the VMAs, and people lost their goddamn mind. Like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. Like, after seeing what happened with Trump, anything's possible. Right. But still, like, bitch, did anybody take that shit serious? Like, if you did, you're stupid. Like, simple and plain. Call me old-fashioned. That motherfucker, you know, that's the last thing I'm gonna say about Trump. They got, they got that recount shit going on. Uh, fingers crossed on that. Oh <laughs> uh, man, we could rewrite time there. It's just like in ridiculous. It's like it feels like a bad breakup. Like when you break up with something like like this, Trump shit is is what it is. It sucks. But like the things that make breakups more bearable, in my opinion, is when there's like a cold, like you sever the arm. You don't do this back and forth shit, or whatever. You don't go and like try to get people's hopes up or like dibble and dab. And I feel that's kind of what the you know the democrats and even like it's now the green party is kind of doing with this recount shit like i mean what do you I really think it hope's gonna up happen with uh hillary mm-hmm. like she just recently threw her hat in the mix too like her team's gonna like follow through with it kind of shit i guess it's like three key states and mm-hmm. they feel like there could have been some something was muddied with the election like the the votes and shit right or whatnot like she shouldn't be anywhere around that shit like mm-hmm. i feel like if that Jill Stein bitch wants to do it, like let her do it. Yeah. And if that comes to be and like Hillary actually won those states and blah blah, blah like that's cool. But mm-hmm. like that looks petty as fuck, like on her yeah. behalf. And then if she loses that, <laughs> she loses again, bitch. Like, like <laughs> damn man, you're fucking your social out I mean like you're like, you know, you yeah, your social outlook or whatever it is, like the way yeah. society's viewing you now is just like, damn, you was a fucking loser, bitch. Like Yeah, I think that the petty thing is a good word for it. But yeah, I do feel like she'll kind of, she right now, she kind of has like the moral victory. And I feel like the more this kind of drags on, the more it kind of just looks like, okay, bitch, like you need to wrap this shit up. Um, yeah, it sucks. Like I feel like, I feel like people need to just kind of 
not to say accept it. I mean, accept it because it is what it is. He won, as far as we know, you know, um, legitimately. It is crazy like, that she won by that many votes, though. Yeah, I mean, that's that what causes a lot of attention. Like, causes a lot, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of eyes. Because, like, she won by, like, over 2 million. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. When there was only, like, how many people that voted, you get me? Like, that's mm-hmm. a huge amount of votes. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not, I have no issue. Not necessarily have no issue other than, like, the optics of it, of, like, term, of terms of doing this shit. But I do feel like this mindset of being stuck on the results for as long as we have, it does, like, limit the the next move. I, I feel like people need to be turning the page and looking, like, what we can do next. But we're yeah. so focused on this bullshit. It's just kind of a distraction. Um, it's unbelievable. That's literally what it is. Like, still, like this is this is gonna happen. Like, <laughs> this guy is like our president. Like, he's gonna be our president in like two months, like a month and a half. So, I think some people just need. Yeah, you got to come to terms with it. Like, maybe we're, maybe we're wrong. Maybe they're right. Maybe they figure <laughs> some shit out. Maybe they know something that we don't. Mm-hmm. You know, scientists and other shit. They do stuff sometimes. And like, yeah, like maybe a month from now, they're like, oh, cool, Hillary Clinton's getting sworn into office, and we were all just you know, just trying to be you know, looking at the next step kind of shit. Uh, I would go with that's not probably true, but like whatever. If whatever makes Trump not president, I'm down with. Um, <laughs> if that means that we have to have him as president for four years, so that people would like, oh man, what were we thinking? And then he doesn't come back. That'd be cool. Or if it's like, yeah, man, th- this shit was fucked up. She won these three states. She wins now. <laughs> that's cool too. I, I kind of don't care. I'm very, very removed from this shit now. Like, let's just see how shit plays out, no matter what way. Fidel Castro was the world's longest-serving dictator. Although the United States often tried to get rid of him, in the end, Fidel Castro outlasted nine American presidents. We had a passing of somebody which everybody has kind of like, it seems like now mixed feelings about. Like I definitely remember like 10, 15 years ago, not so many mixed feelings, <laughs> but now definitely mixed feelings um, with uh, Fidel Castro's passing uh, over the weekend. It's... A lot of people cheering, a little Havana in Miami and shit, and like, mm-hmm. yay, blah, 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 and then like random hip-hop heads posting up pictures of them on their Instagram, and yeah, you know, you oh, yeah? like, oh, Nas was the first thing I saw. He has a picture of Fidel Castro? Not with, oh, took, like took, posting picture. pictures of him. Like okay. Nas posted one of him with uh, Malcolm X, which I'm okay. like, oh, that's, that's fucking cool, mm-hmm. but I'm like, he said R.I.P. King or some shit, mm-hmm. and I was like, oof. I think that's not going to go over well. And, like, yeah, his mm-hmm. comments got lit. Like, oh, <laughs> there were a lot of people that felt different types of way about that kind of shit. Or whatever. I was like, oh, because he's taking a picture of Malcolm X doesn't mean he's a good guy. Like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it was like, I don't know how to feel because my first instinct is like, yeah, like, as a, I was always, as a kid, like, Fidel Castro's evil. Fidel mm-hmm. Castro's a bad man. Especially like, in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, they don't like that guy. He's not cool. But then, like, you know, if you kind of do a little bit of research and this and that, like, Mm, I feel I, I I see like I'm on the fence more or less like I'm not Cuban I don't I didn't have anybody get killed by that guy like I it's easy for me to say this type of shit but it's like basically he was set up to take over that country kind of shit and the states were behind him and the minute he didn't kind of agree with the states they wanted him dead if I'm really like spark notes in it up right now <laughs> yeah. but like that's a rough of what happened and so the minute that happened it was like us or them kind of bullshit and they just like blacklisted the fuck out of that guy like wait you're not you're not falling falling in line. Mm-hmm. fuck you're doing you're supposed to be playing ball bro we put you in kind of shit and they man they spent a lot of the 60s and 70s trying to kill that man and yeah. that shit did not work out I guess they, it's even deeper than that for some people it's like he kind of, for a lot of people um, that are of Cuban descent they kind of see him as someone who portrayed his ideals in terms of like when he went and overthrew the government that was in play in Cuba at the time like a lot of the shit that he wanted um, or even some people would say that he achieved whatever in terms of equality for all Cuban people um you know, either didn't deliver on or he just had a very hostile, to put it uh, mildly, uh, approach to those who disagree with them, uh, which we kind of look down upon. In terms but you got to think of like how that guy came into office. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they fucking, they fucking stormed that Batista dude's fucking mm-hmm. castle, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was, you get me? And they fucking took over. And then the yeah. minute he took over, Things didn't work out exactly how he thought they would, besides him being in power. Right. And like the people that helped him get there all of a sudden wanted all this shit from him that he didn't agree with, so he didn't follow suit with that. And now these people are trying to kill him, and he can't tell who's fucking with them or against them kind of bullshit. Very like true. he definitely like embodied these like kind of revolutionists. Like they shit, they probably especially of modern years, like they are revolutionists. Like that's mm. what people would think of right away. You think of him, you think of Che, in my opinion. Yeah. If you think of re- revolutionaries, you think of those two guys, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's like to have that happen or whatever. And it's kind of, I feel, you know, I think there's some bittersweet, like 
there's a, there's a weird feeling I get when seeing a picture of him and Malcolm X. So it's like, mm-hmm. damn. I think that's very powerful to see that kind of shit. I've never seen that photo before, and I, I kind of feel a type of way because, you know, this whole time, they, they definitely make you, f- like America, whatever, in these schools and whoever, make you feel a n- very negative way about um, Fidel Castro. Right. And they, you know, vilify him and all this shit, but it's kind of like, you know, they... All because they like the gut, like these whoever tells you that these people are evil and that they're not, you know, they're not with us and it's not whatever. Like shit, they've been trying to make black people evil for a long ass time. Like, do <laughs> yeah. you do you believe that bullshit? Like, yeah, it's it's hard to take the moral high ground with symbols or political leaders. Like, cause that's the one thing people say. Oh, he killed, he killed uh, people. He, he president them, blah blah blah. And like, we don't necessarily do that, in, especially in the modern sense in the U.S. Whatever, like with journalists and like uh, opposition, we do have freedom of speech. More or less, but like, and you point to any historical figure, like in our history, and like you're gonna find problems with it, um, with having them be a hero, quote unquote. Um, that's why symbols are what they are, and that's why they're powerful. But I think his part of his draw, especially for people that are not Cuban or just from the outside looking in at what he did, like one, just one, just gotta just whether you agree with them or not, like gotta be in awe of the fact that he, like this one dude, this guy has like left his fingerprint all over that country, like that guy, he's. He has left his mark in terms of history or whatever, and he's also just got a symptom in his regime and what he's did with Cuba has been a big middle finger to America for a long time. Like, we like we we as a country try to kill this guy, put embargoes on these motherfuckers, and, like, yeah, it's not, maybe not the greatest place, but they they still they stood tall. They still, you know, they, they were still standing as a country with all the things that we threw at them, and we're just an example of another another way of doing things. Right, ne- right next door. Um, ninety so. was it? Ninety miles away, something like that. Like, yeah, like close to <laughs> shit. Remember, like, like people. Have, I mean, whatever. I'm gonna make people make a joke about people swimming there, but like, you know, they are pretty fucking close. Like, especially living in Florida, we've kind of, you know, at least acknowledged that their presence, maybe more so than other states, because because of how close they are. But. And what's crazy is like they excelled at a lot of shit over there. Yeah. Like they have an exemplary fucking medical system over there. Like, mm. their, like, healthcare and all that other shit, like, their medical science and shit mm. is fucking pretty fucking impressive. Some pretty dope boxers over there, too. <laughs> Incredible fucking boxers. You know, other countries are able to go there. Not a problem. They have a strong, supposedly a strong Asian community. They have a lot of, like, African like Africans over there. Yeah. Or, like, African influence over there and blah, blah, blah. So, like, they did their own shit. Shit, they kept, like, fucking cars running from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like, they still, it's still, like, like, a fucking Scarface or some bullshit when you go there <laughs> or whatever. Like, I was like, that shit, like, the Godfather or shit. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like that, the cars and all that shit. So like, I kind of want to go there, like, before Walmarts and KFCs get all over that <laughs> motherfucker. So you better go now. Yeah, I only got, I only got till the summer, I think. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, like, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't try to convince... You know, someone who feels some type of way because again, it's a very polarizing figure, and I'm not gonna pretend to be some expert on it. But I am, a, I am always critical of like narratives, especially that come from the media, especially when they come when they tell you that to be critical of this one guy, especially when you look at some of the ideals that was out there. So I, I would say just you know take it take it all in and just remember these are human beings and these are events in history. So like you make up your own mind and you know and take all that shit in. Just don't listen to the headlines and particularly from people that have an agenda. Is my would be my take on it. Continue to check out our podcast. It's available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And without further ado, let's talk about some shit. The fact is, tipping is a relatively new custom in America. For most of our history, paying for better service was considered an undemocratic form of bribery. Serve me before this rabble, will you? I'm a very wealthy man. I shan't, sir. This is America where every man has the right to decent service. But after Prohibition banned the sale of alcohol, restaurant profits cratered, and owners began encouraging tipping just so they could pay their servers less. Oh, sorry, Allie. I'm not going to be able to pay you this month. You better take some of that fat cat's cash. (laughs) Nearly a century later, restaurant owners still pay their servers less than minimum wage, turning what used to be a bribe into an obligation that makes the end of every meal suck. So uh, I kind of want to get your take on this kind of thing because you've been black for a while. And like (laughs) I've kind of always felt this type of way. And like, I don't know, I'll go with like naming the segment like dining out while brown or some bullshit. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I was lucky enough to get a job in restaurants when I was like in college or whatever and see how another side thinks and does things. And I kind of hate when I hear people like I was in the business, I was in the industry kind of bullshit when they talk about like bartending or serving or something. like, nah, that's like some regular degular shit. Like, don't (laughs) no. If you said you were in the the business, like you were working on Wall Street or some bullshit, like I was in the business. Okay, I knew this shit kind of crap. Like, I feel like that carries a... A uh, better kind of weight than you know. Okay, you decided to not make up your mind for seven years, kind of shit. Um, but I like I fucking worked at a Japanese steakhouse for a while, and like I saw how a lot of these servers would kind of react whenever they had like a table of all like black or brown people, or mainly minorities or non-whites, kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's like very like a negative connotation, like the idea like these people ain't gonna cheap. I mean, these people ain't gonna tip, <laughs> and that they're very cheap, and like they're gonna you know make a lot of noise and ask for a lot of shit, but you know not want to come up with anything, this and that, whatever. And I always like, I didn't feel like I fell into that, like into that kind of that realm. And I kind of like, I would feel a type of way whenever they would automatically just assume that I understand it or I get it. So you know what I'm saying, right? I'm like, no, nah, I don't know what you're saying, bitch. I'm, <laughs> I'm not white kind of shit. So I like from that day on, like after seeing that side or whatever, I like almost like took it on as like my like myself to like, you know, I'm gonna break that stereotype like one check at a time, kind mm-hmm. of. And like she'll like no like I, I if I come out here I know what I'm getting into and I'm not gonna order anything I can't afford and I'm gonna fucking tip I'm gonna always come through twenty percent or more and blah, blah blah and I feel like coming up here to New York I've kind of been tested by that sometimes because like the culture here has become so fucking like it's kind of weird this whole hipster whatever kind of shit or whatever you go to these like little nice little dainty foodie spots and shit. And it's almost like these servers don't really try a lot of times. Like they just kind of like they just do their shit. They clock and they clock out. They have a good time and they go home or whatever. They mm-hmm. go shopping or whatever the fuck it is. And that's kind of it. And so I I had a situation. I guess it's today or whatever. Yesterday by the time we air this, where like I kind of felt like I was this guy was like trying me or whatever. More or less like he kind of felt a type of way when he first met me or whatever the case is when he first asked me questions about what I wanted and like pretty much at that moment made up his mind that he was not going to try to do his job anymore and fuck me kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And um, it was at a very, I'll, I'll say the name, fuck it, Sweet Chick. There's a restaurant <laughs> called Sweet Chick and uh, Lower East Side. And like I get there, um, usually, like you've been there before, it's a place that's fairly popular in New York, mm-hmm. the New York food scene. And it's like co- Chicken and waffle spot. Yeah, and like uh, Nas has some type of steak at the place and shit like that. And mm-hmm. the guy, that, because I'm assuming because of Nas and, you know, the fame of that place or popularity of the place, he's been on like Rachel Ray's show and a couple other things. Like the guy's got a couple of good looks, the guy that ma- uh, created the place and like the, sh- the chef there, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so like usually it's a long way and a bunch of other things that usually come with the territory of these little foodie fuck spots. And so I get there early, we sit down right away, we get the last table, and like right away the guy just starts like, every time I ask a question, he just tells me, no, no, we can't do that, no, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. No, he didn't say sorry once, I, I correct that. He didn't say sorry about shit. <laughs> like, um, and so he completely shunned me right off the bat, which made me feel a type of way. And then as things unfolded, I noticed that like he didn't like start coming around at fucking all. He came back one more time after food dropped, to give us hot sauce, which kind of fucked me up too, because like inside both me and my girlfriend wanted hot sauce, but no one else had hot sauce <laughs> and we didn't ask for it. Cause like we didn't want, want to hear that guy fucking tell us no again. And two, it was kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just keep it going. Like if there's no hot sauce here, I don't want to, you know, put us out there like that kind of shit. Oh, and yeah. that guy like, your girlfriend is black for the record. So yeah. She's know. yeah. And like, I just thought it was kind of funny that he like, I guess read my mind that second, like, but not like, like when the food dropped, like seven, eight minutes later, like halfway into the meal, he's like, Oh, and here's your hot sauce. And I was just kind of like, I felt a type of way about that shit too. And so he didn't drop off our bill. We were just kind of waiting around for a while. And I ended up having to ask someone else to give us a bill and this and that. And when we got change and shit, like he didn't even give me like, you know, usually they try to give you like a lot of ones and whatever. So that you, you know, give them more tip or you have more options when you tip kind of shit. Like, nah, like, I was supposed to get 11 bucks back for like a $29 tip, I mean a bill, and he gave me a one and two fives. I was like, bro, if I'm going to choose one or the other, you just fucked yourself. And I left him a $1 bill like flat up on the middle of the table and like walked away. But mostly because of the shitty service though, right? It was fucking horrible. Like the food was all right or whatever. He, I'm not sure if he lied or didn't know or didn't care or all three like about like the questions I was asking or whatnot. Like I was asking some real basic shit based on like you've been eating around here in New York, like all this gluten free this and dairy free that and nut allergy fuck shit or whatever. Like 
I didn't ask anything that crazy. I just asked if I could have no onions or some shit. And he like, no, 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 no. And I was like, okay, bitch. And then I, like, I was there for 45 minutes. That guy spoke to us after taking our order one other time. And that was the act of I want to change. And that was it. So it was kind of like, damn, dude. And it plays into this like perceived notion that like, you know, you're supposed to tip like you should almost like they make you feel guilty that you're supposed to tip these assholes and i feel like also you get like this extra weight on you because you're a minority kind of shit like you kind of you have to you got to step up to the occasion and like no matter what because like they think you're not going to tip already a lot of these people think you're not going to tip already maybe it's because shit maybe there's a lot of them that don't tip i don't fucking know i can't speak Mm -hmm. for everybody but like i i I automatically feel like this pressure on me that i don't feel like it it should be warranted like I, i fucking hate it almost sometimes and that was a situation or this situation was a like a one of those times where I was like, you know what, man, fuck this stereotype. Like, sure, I'll play into it. You're not going to fucking give me any kind of help, not even trying to meet me somewhere else or like pair me with a different plate or some bullshit, you get me? Mm-hmm. Like, nah, fuck you. Like, okay, cool. You think I'm not going to tip you? Cool, I'll play into that stereotype. You ain't getting jack shit, dude, and I'm out. Yeah, I feel like most people I know, uh, particularly black people, one, I think are definitely aware of the stereotypes that kind of get put on them or are... Uh, or, or always thinking about the shitty service they have, and I'm kind of wondering where 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 the where the origins of it is. Is it is it like is it in your mind or whatever? So there's always this kind of paranoia um, that can that can uh, start to come out if like something goes goes away during during an eating out experience. Like they they don't the maybe the server ignores you for a long period of time, but you look around and someone else is getting service, and you know, and it's also just kind of exasperated, especially here in like you said New York or the restaurants that we go to now, where it's you know, sometimes you could be the only black or brown person in the room. Yep. So that also adds to this like paranoia, like, well, what the fuck? Are they just not doing this because I'm black or whatever? Like, which happens, which that same happens a lot. Well, I'll speak for anybody else, but I know for me sometimes I feel like that way. But for most times, you just want to go out. You just want to like, you know, be a normal person. You don't want to think about racism and that kind of shit. But when things kind of go that way, it does kind of put your mind there. Um, and it's always it's always gonna be hard to tell because like no one's gonna come. And no, this isn't fucking the sixties. No one's gonna come and tell you get the fuck out of here, monkey, or whatever, or some bullshit. <laughs> which you almost kind of rather that because you drive yourself insane thinking about some of these you know shittier experience. And I guess you know everyone has shitty restaurant experience from now and then. White people I'm sure don't get the best service they want. Uh, I'm assuming, <laughs> um, but it's just an extra weight you carry as a as a black or brown person when those things happen to you. Let alone this like this tipping thing, which. Again, I, I think I kind of compensate for that as well when I go out to eat. Uh, I think about it more when I'm in groups. <laughs> like I sometimes I don't give a fuck about the wait, uh, the waiter, the waitress. Like more often than not, I don't have negative experiences, or I'm more likely to overlook it because you know we both worked like service jobs and like been been on the other side of the table, so to speak. Um, so I usually give them the benefit of the doubt, or if they're like if I have shitty service, I just kind of give it whatever the minimum. Uh, 20, 25% anyway. But if I'm in a group of people, especially a group of other white people, and like, let's go have to split the bill up or whatever, or like, or if I'm on a date, uh, you know, I want to, I don't want to come off as a cheap ass or, or, or that stereotype. So I make sure like I come through and, you know, people don't, uh, will never hold that against me. And you, you kind of think that you're kind of spreading the gospel one person at a time. If you're able to do that, like if someone's out, someone else, that white person goes out into the world and someone tries to say some negative shit about black people, like, ah, nah. I know a good. Uh, I know a good. Literally, fella. what I fight for. Like, if <laughs> I, I could be that one Spanish guy that tipped you good, it's like, hey man, these Mexicans are fucking this place up, man. <laughs> I'm gonna go broke serving all these Mexicanos, and then like, oh man, watch what you say. I had this Mexican fella, like, even if I'm not Mexican, but like, mm. I had this Mexican fella over there. He gave me twenty nine percent. I was like, I, I, I was that guy or whatever. Like, I, and for some reason, that makes me feel a type of way. But I don't think white people feel that shit. Like, I don't think yeah. they care. I don't think they give a fuck. Well, I think that's a, that's a, the fucked up part about like trying to defy stereotypes. In in my experience, because more often than not, from what I've seen, is instead of like them having that outlook on your your said group or said race, they just kind of look at you as the anomaly. Like they won't they won't attribute that positive thing to the entire group. They just look at it, oh, like Emilio's different. Like he's not he's not one of them. Yeah. He's one he's one of the good ones, whatever, but they still all suck. <laughs> like, but like so that's like the shitty part about trying to like break those kind of molds or that's like it's like a it's a negative bias that happens with most uh, stereotypes that like it's hard to break. It's fucking but. bullshit. <laughs> I think it's total bullshit. I ah oh, man, it frustrates me. Like it frustrated me when it happened. It frustrates me like in other situations, but I usually just don't act on it. Like I just like and I've seen people that act on it. Like I 
we, we've had Janet on the podcast. <laughs> Janet will fucking make you feel Captain Crunchy real fast. Like, she'll mm. tell somebody, like, yo, this bacon is stale or some shit. Like, oh, look at this sandwich and then look at that sandwich. Like, you gonna tell me the same shit? Like, blah, blah. Mm. And, like, she'll point shit out and, like, they're, like, really, they come off usually really bougie or this and that, whatever. Right. And that shit bothers me, too, kind of shit. Like, I'm not that person. Like, I, I literally, like, food, food's good, cool. Food's bad, don't give a shit. Like, I just, like... I'm going to eat. As long as no one fucks with me, I'm going to give you a good tip and I'm going to walk away mm-hmm. kind of shit. This is the way I am. And literally the server, all they have to do is go, yes, cool, got it. Bring me my food, give me my check, and I'm out that bitch. Like, I don't need you to do anything fucking else, dude. I don't need you to fucking make it through the, you know, the trial of the laughing fire or some fuck shit. I just need you to fucking bring me my food and tell me if I can't, like, whatever. You get me? Like, there's very little I ask for. And I never vocalize if I'm mad or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's a few times, like, living in New York that I've like flexed that like consumer muscle and I'm like, it's going to reflect in your tip. Mm-hmm. Like if you did, if you didn't piss me off, you're going to get 20, 25% easy. Mm-hmm. You get me? If you did anything to really, really bother me, you'll get like 18%. I still will going to tip you a good amount or whatever, but like you're going to see a difference versus like, if you've seen me a couple times, you'll know that usually I tip this, but today I decided to make a bad joke <laughs> like there's some <laughs> bullshit or whatever. And no, what's crazy is like, you know what they're going to chalk it to is some other bullshit. They're not going to chalk it to like, Oh man, I'm pretty sure that guy, when he got that dollar, he wasn't like, damn, that guy gave me a dollar. What did I do wrong? Like, fuck man, I shouldn't, Maybe I should have tried harder or, like, mm-hmm. oh, I should have gave him a shot. Like, no, he's like, man, I swear to God, I knew those brown bastards weren't going to tip me <laughs> when they came in here, man. You know what I'm talking about, Steve? Yeah, man, I, just, I got, I, pff, I'm so for Trump right now. <laughs> like, you but get do, me? They're not do gonna, you think that, like, you're, you're I guess, uh, for lack of better words, like, paranoia or um, then this is, like, heightened because you're dating this black girl now? Like, do you think if you, if you were dating someone who was white per se and this kind of happened to you would you would your mind even cross over to the race thing or are you just struggling with, oh that guy just sucks probably that guy just sucks <laughs> <laughs> if i had to be honest and like mm. it's, it, it does suck though that like the last three times that i've had like very questionable experiences have happened while i've been dating her mm-hmm. but only two of them when i was actually with her around like mm-hmm. that situation that i told you that weird situation i had when i went to uh uh, the Breslin, mm-hmm. like that was like me, her present, and I got like a really weird kind of service. Like I, yeah. I wasn't cool at all with the service I got. Yeah, the Breslin is not cheap for people who haven't been there. <laughs> like this, yeah, that shit was definitely not cheap. Mm-hmm. I dropped dollars in that bitch, and mm-hmm. like I got treated like I was buying appetizers or some weird <laughs> bullshit. I was really fucking pissed about that. But it was one of those situations because the food was really fucking good. Mm-hmm. I still tipped her like 20% or some shit. And it was a lot of money. Like, <laughs> it was a lot of fucking money or whatnot. And I got shitty service. It was like, you know, that's one thing like, I feel like white folks don't worry about. Like, if the service is shitty, they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Okay, here goes 12%. Eat a dick, asshole. And like, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And, um, or like, probably fucking, I don't know. Sign up for one of those email things and fucking write a letter to their boss and some and weird shit. You up the shit out of you. Yeah, you get me or whatever, which is what my girlfriend said she's going to do today, which is so weird. Um, but yeah, and so, and then also another situation happened when I went to this fucking stupid ass sky room bullshit in uh, Times Square area and uh, the bartender was acting mad funny with me. That's the club or something? Yeah, yeah okay. it was like sky room, sky lounge, some shit. Okay. And like that motherfucker skipped me like seven, eight times. And I was like, all right, cool, bro. <laughs> I got you. And she wasn't around initially, so I don't I didn't chalk it to that. I just thought he was being a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Um cause everybody that got I, pretty much the fucking United Nations got ahead of me. It was like a fucking Arabic chick, black chick, white dude, <laughs> Mexican guy. Like everybody was like I was not present. I'm like, I'm dwarfing everybody in this line. How the fuck are you not seeing me right now? <laughs> like mm-hmm. So it is what it is, but there is that kind of like, it sucks too, because like, I always think this kind of shit, but like if I'm dating like an Asian chick or a white chick or whatever, a Spanish chick, I don't, I'm not so quick to like jump to that uh, assumption, mm-hmm. you get me, or conclusion, but I have had like this kind of like heightened kind of thought process behind it because of, yeah, like I feel like that's this thing that I see a lot already mm-hmm. or whatever, and like I don't want to be the one that's like bearing witness to that and not acting on it. Yeah, I definitely think I definitely think that is the case. And then again, like what I was saying before, in terms of like the actual makeup of these restaurants, it's like when like me or you or whoever.
whatever, like you go to fucking IHOP, like there's a bunch of all kinds of different folks there. I've had good service at IHOP and shitty service, but like I never thought of it was like a race thing. Like, oh, that person just sucks today or whatever. <laughs> yep. like, because there's maybe other black or brown people in there and I just feel a little more comforted. But like when you're yeah, like, yeah, I mean, you go to this fucking sweet chick place and there's a bunch of these fucking Darias and Bews and Buttheads and shit. <laughs> like, how the fuck are you going to like, it just blows my fucking mind. I don't get it. It's not that fucking hard. And I've never ever uttered those words, but I was so fucking close. Like, bro, how hard is your fucking job? How hard? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? You get me? Like, is it just that easy just to get by? You get me? And just fucking just, you know what? Just clock in, clock out. Fuck this place. I'm out, bitch. Like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And it, like, if it wasn't for like, if it was some regular degler ass place, I wouldn't give three fucking fucks. But like, mm-hmm. this place has this fucking high reputation and this and that. This kind of almost legend to it now. You know, it's not even the top three. I'm not even trying to fucking start throwing rocks at the throne, but like <laughs> not even top three chicken and waffle places I've been to. You get me? Like it is pretty fucking regular. And I was just like that. Be insulted on that level. And Nas runs that shit or like <laughs> has some say in that shit. And if Nas listens to this podcast, which I definitely think he's not, they didn't play one of your songs, dog. The whole time <laughs> I was there. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll tweet this uh, podcast out to Sweet Chick on our Twitter. And you guys want to make this right. You can uh, start, sending some, <laughs> start sending some chicken and waffles. Uh, that's some french fries to your menus you poor bastards <laughs> <laughs> or you just gonna remember that guy's name we just shout him out <laughs> oh man I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Carlito <laughs> <laughs> um, Denver I don't know fucking yeah man I will, I'm, I'm not going back to that place <laughs> like that's 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 my thing or whatever like same thing when I went to Breslin I went to Breslin that food was really fucking good like that place is really fucking I, it's gonna hurt <laughs> like I'm not going back to that place I felt real weird after I left that motherfucker, and that's just kind of the way it is, kind of shit. Like I do, as sometimes feel the idea of like flexing the consumer, like idea or whatever. Yeah. Like sometimes it's not easy, kind of shit. And this is one of the examples, like shit, like what, like the last, like at this the place that we work at, we have like this thing, like this beer Friday shit, where every Friday, five mm-hmm. p.m., they start breaking out beers and shit. And like their way of protesting the idea of Trump as president was to like not give money into these companies or whatever that. That per, that uh, support that, Trump like Yingling was a big thing. They used to get we used to get Yingling Yingling and beer. And I fucking love that beer. <laughs> like I don't even like beer, but I kind of like I could drink that shit or whatever. And we ended up getting this Miller High Life bullshit, and I was like, yeah. man, what the fuck kind of frat bro shit is this? Yeah, but one found out not that bad of a beer. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm champagne of beers, but um, but yeah, I think there's something to you know not rewarding bad behavior, whether whatever the reason is, whatever you don't want to positively enforce that shit. And I guess in terms of like the the paranoia shit. I, I mean, I don't really have the answer because I guess it's something that I'm also plagued with every now and then. But I guess uh, you know, just try to consider all your, you know, all the options and know that not not everything has to do with race. But sometimes it can be race, and like you know, feel act accordingly uh, when you're in that situation. And um, yeah, I definitely definitely agree. And I think the idea is like at the end of the day, if it's bad service, it's bad service. You can right. chalk it to whatever you want to chalk it to. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it just sucks that that's like I I feel like it's a very I guess played out route. It's like oh it's race, it's always race. Like I don't know because the guy was probably Spanish. Mm. Like I'm pretty sure that motherfucker was Spanish or mm. whatever. Like, but he was gay. <laughs> like I'm not sure he's not not cool hetero cisgender whatever the fuck it is. Like I don't want to chalk it that fuck shit either. I just think he sucked at his job. Mm. And that's what it comes down to or whatever. Like if I have like a heightened a heightened sense of awareness now when I do go out to certain things and I get a certain a certain kind of reaction. Like is it because of is it because of me? Is it because of her? Is it because of us, the idea of what we represent kind of mm. shit? Or like, what? Like, I, I don't want to think about that. I really don't want to think about that. Like, especially here in New York. Like, why the fuck would I think about it here? <laughs> this place is a fucking melting pot or whatever. Again, everybody's like Blake Griffin over this motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. it is a fucking melting pot of shit. Um, yeah, man, just, I, I agree with that. I tenfold or whatever. Um, but I, I do believe in the idea of like, you know, it, you know was it see something, say something yeah, <laughs> kind exactly. of shit. And let it be known or whatever. If you have somebody trying, you're doing some fuck shit or whatever, like don't all because you're brown or whatever the case is, or you're, you fit some said stereotype, play into the stereotype or whatever, or like play against it at the whatever. Fuck them people. <laughs> like <laughs> do your thing or whatever. Every day of the week, be you. Like that's just the, my philosophy on things. And it's all cool until it isn't. Boom. That's all we got for you guys this week. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for streaming. Um, continue to check out our podcast. It's available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And until next week, peace.